The American Constitutional Republic. Affairs of state in Oklahoma. The beliefs, principles, opinions, and views of people like you. This is 3D Politics. Featuring David Van, creator and editor of Sooner Politics, expert on Oklahoma state government, professional advocate for those needing mental health care, and state committeeman for Tulsa County GOP, also currently running as vice chair for vice chair state Republican Party. Indeed, also featuring David Oldham, founder and scholar of Constitutional Grounds, political leader, educational speaker, former state of Oklahoma elector of the United States Electoral College, David Oldham, and of course, beautiful me, <laughs> Tommy McKay, your fine host, finding his way all the way here and remembering, of course, to uh, record this fine show onto the cloud, just like we forget every time. So here we are, Tommy McKay, your fine verbal Viking with David Van, David Oldham. Tonight, we've got a fantastic guest. If you are a, a, a regular listener, you'll know uh, uh, some of our greatest topic has been on the marijuana laws in the state of Oklahoma. And tonight, we've got Chip Paul, the uh, author of State Question 788, which leads us to most of our current laws that we live under today in the... Uh, world of marijuana and those things legal, etc. So let's go ahead and bring Chip Paul in tonight. We've got a lot of things to discuss, but let's bring Chip Paul in and and introduce him as uh, Chip Paul. Thank you for being on the show. We appreciate your efforts uh, for writing legislation uh, and uh, all those things helping us find liberty. And so we appreciate you being on the show. We met you at our forum. Uh, uh, in uh, Tulsa just last year. Was it last year, Van? Yeah, it was. <laughs> About it was last year. Yep. And so we had some great discussion there with Fett Gatter and the rest of them. And so we appreciate your efforts on the marijuana laws. And thanks especially for being here with us tonight on 3D Politics Live. Uh, so let's get started, boys. Where do we want to start on this tonight? Well, it's been two years. Has it turned out the way you wanted? Yep. <laughs> For the most part, you know, it, it really has. Um, we've been very lucky, I would say, here in the state. You know, as much as we want to gripe about our our lawmakers and all that, it, we've been we've been really blessed uh, with a, the proper crew to kind of guard the gate to let us uh, get started at least. Now that's yep. kind of changing, you know, which we may talk about a little bit tonight, but uh, at least initially, you know, it, we were we were very lucky uh, with the crew we had, so. So how did the whole thing start with 788? I mean, what made you write it? How did you get it in there? And and what, what Van's asking you, did you get what you wanted? What What, what did you want? Oh, I think, you know, again, so it's a uh, 788 is a two stage rocket, right? So the first stage rocket was 2014 um, when I wrote something that looked like California's law. Right. And really, I wrote that to stay out of jail. Uh, my wife and I had just, you know, started, tried medical marijuana. It worked well for us. I knew my son was using medical marijuana. Um, so it, you know, I knew, and again, it, we needed something here in the state. Um, it was funny. There was five of us that met in our office in March of 2014 
And, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, who was it? It was uh, Frank Grove and it was myself and my wife. And it was um, the head of DPRNOK at the time, Lisa, and her last name escapes me. And then it was Porter Davis, right? Yes, yes. yes. And sorry for my dogs, but uh, uh, love dogs. Yeah, Porter and Lisa, Lisa Bauer. So Porter yep. and Lisa were out, and uh, Frank and Cindy and I decided to uh, give it a go. So that's kind of how it all started. Staying out of jail is always a worthy uh, reason. <laughs> you know, I have to say, it was about two years ago this month. I was having dinner with a number of legislators, a um, couple of them that were going back for another term, but three of them who were stepping out or were pushed out, I'll be honest with you. And <laughs> we were talking about the medical marijuana because that was going into the session right after we passed it, right? So we were expecting them to do a lot of, you know, knitting all of the pieces together, which you intended them to play a big part, right? The legislature. Yep. and. You know, some of those were real naysayers. Mike Ritz was one, you know. And I said to him, I said, you know, at this time, what, three and a half years ago, a bottle of CBD oil would give you five years in prison in Oklahoma. You're I right. said, look how far we've come in three and a half years. Yep. You're and they right. were like, well, yeah, wow, you know. So we're moving the ball, which, you know, uh, Oldham and I always have this little deal about you know are we moving the ball down the field and Oldham's like no throw deep sideways. goal line. yeah it's just sideways <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but you know what we've done on CBD oil has largely moved us to where we need to be uh now that the the farm bills passed it and basically anybody can do commerce in CBD oil right yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting, you know, we have a company that kind of deals in natural products and CBD. So we're able to, uh, we have a relationship with the University of Mississippi. And we couldn't talk about that relationship two or three years ago. We certainly couldn't explore anything with CBDs. And now we're writing grants with them <laughs> with CBDs. Okay. So that's kind of how far we've come. So Sure. So, so we've largely gotten to where, I mean, you know, ultimately we'd like to see it regulated about as much as tomatoes. Uh, but again, you're dealing with people with frail health and medicine. And uh, I think Oldham would agree, you know, proper weights and measures are an important part of regulation constitutionally. Of course. Yes. Of course. So that's, that's the point. The, pro the problem is, and, and we're going to get to that, is that we're seeing some draconian licensing measures being mm. imposed. And, and the only way it gets there is a licensing scheme. If we don't have a licensing scheme, we actually have freedom and, you know, we're tomato growers, um, essentially. Um, yeah. What's it going to take? Uh, what are, I, I guess my two thoughts are what are, your, what are your takes on the various bills that are out there? And what is it going to take to get the people who really need medicine to not have to be extorted first before they can actually go out and get it. Yeah. So that's a, those are two really uh, good questions. And one is a really big question, right? So, so if you look at what's the status quo, right? So what's our Liberty status quo on medicine? Well, it's, you know, our, 
I'd call that a scam, right? So I'd call that the pharma insurance scam. So what's it going to take? What's it going to take to break that one down? Well, I think it's a, you know, I think it's a, I think it's exactly what we're doing, to be honest. I think you have to start uh, chipping away at kind of the, you know, mountain there. And the way that you do that is with natural products, because most pharma drugs come from natural products. So again, if you can begin to introduce the power of natural products and what better way to do that than marijuana, um, you begin to change people's perceptions about how powerful plants are, right? So as we begin to tear down those walls, then we begin to really recognize the power that you have in your seed cabinet or your spice cabinet or your backyard frankly to heal yourself you know so so i think that we're you know we're chipping away at that but i would call that the pharma mountain and i would say that we've you know we've thrown a giant chink in there with our medical marijuana law right so it's it, that's the way i view it i don't really view it as as marijuana as being assaulted i view it as marijuana is the assault <laughs> um so we're using that to kind of chip away at this old old status quo um as to current bills that are out there uh, yes sir we have some assaults uh, going on so um we kind of had a deal right so so it we um interestingly enough you know it after really beating all of the powers that be all of the status quo all of the uh, entrenched you know empowered people um that we did with 788 so really we the people rose up and we said oh we don't care what you think chamber of commerce is or you know Oklahoma State Health Association or um, government or whatever, it, we're going to do medical marijuana. So sorry. And 57% of us believe that regardless of if you outspin us, you know, 12 to one, um, we, we want this, right? And yeah. so that was a big deal, right? So, but then right after that happened, again, we had, you have no idea the fight that went on, right? after that the fight that went on at, at at health the fight that went on with the legislature the fight that went on with the governor's office the fight that went on behind the scenes to preserve your liberty um and that was a big fight right, right? Yeah. yeah we had to have some attorneys involved in that fight and all kinds really? of stuff but during that so we had 14 weeks you guys will recall of, a, of, of a hearings you know kind of as it wasn't a special session we can't call this but it was a, right. it was a interim study let's say it was a yep. you know bicameral bipartisan but at the end of that we had some promises right so yep. we decided that we would you know all agree on a unity bill woohoo so we all came together second thing that governor stitt signed which was pretty cool you know open carry yep. and the unity bill right yeah um but there were some background promises in that and, and i'm answering your question finally david after all that <laughs> but but uh, basically the backroom promises were this were that there were three let's say electric rails in the law that we were going to leave alone for a while and we weren't going to petition the legislature right and can we yeah yeah and could we again yes like you know frankly no one else in the state can if we want to pull together another petition we absolutely can and will um but we agreed to not petition over them and allow them to develop the law as long as they didn't jack with our three rails right 
And those three rails were don't mess with medical conditions, right? We don't want medical conditions in our law, but we want physician accountability. So if you want to bolster that up, go right ahead. Um, don't put commercial license limits on our law because we want free market principles to develop. But again, don't allow unmarket principles to flourish like no law enforcement. I mean, that's kind of stupid. That's not really free market principles. And then the third thing was, you know, everyone has a right to grow their own medicine, right? We said, as long as you don't mess with those three things, we're not going to, we're not going to break our promise and we won't petition over you. Yeah. Hold on. What do you got? Well, I see, I will never, ever ever okay ask permission for to use whatever i'm going to use and to get healthy or for my own pleasure i don't care that there is a law saying that i'm a criminal for doing so because i'm not and i and our law our our constitution already has that built into it and I'm wondering why we are allowing ourselves to be, to have this thing continue and continually have to go back and revisit and have more extortion put on us and more problems, you know, with, with government because we've left the door open for them to, given them permission to do that. And, and I don't understand that because, again, I will never ask permission. So why, why is it that people think that they can vote me in, to be a criminal? Why do we – when is it going to be that we're going to actually go for actual freedom? Government is pushing you around. Once again, you're listening to David Oldham from constitutionalgrounds.com speak eloquently about your freedoms I don't know with Chip Paul. <laughs> don't interrupt me when I'm on a roll. <laughs> also, David Van, here you are. Well, here we are again with Facebook Live, 3D Politics, your fine verbal Viking and perspicuitous plunderer of conversations, Tommy McKay, speaking with the author of uh, state question 788 all your current marijuana laws i just gotta say uh marijuana is a plant it's a weed that grows naturally if a mint uh also not necessarily perhaps a weed i don't know but it also grows naturally there was never a federal uh agenda against mint there's a federal agenda against another plant. There's never a federal agenda against oregano or anything else you could also burn. And so what's interesting for Chip Paul is you've got to uh, negotiate the public opinion against marijuana as though it's something other than a plant that grows naturally. You can't really grow your own aspirin. Am I right or am I wrong? I don't know. Actually, 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 Tom, you're wrong. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying, there's a lot of things. I don't mean to be, what I'm saying is these things that you can grow naturally. Well, it's not like you got to go to a chemist. And this is the thing that, you know, the marijuana breaks this paradigm, but this is what you may or may not know, Tom, is you can grow your own aspirin. In fact, the oregano that you grow in your backyard is highly medicinal. Yeah. The, the, the periwinkles, 
that you're growing in your front yard for the beautiful, you know, things that they are, are actually chemo drugs. Okay. So we don't recognize the power that we have yeah, in our yeah. backyard. So marijuana boop, begins to open us up to really what that is. But, sure. Yeah. I, I wanted to say I, I, my study of Oklahoma history is tells me on this date, 90 years ago, Marijuana was fully legal in Oklahoma, but liquor was a federal crime. So it's all relative, right? We just flip around this, you know, uh, what do you call it? Reefer madness that took over in the 70s. Well, and I will, I, will, I will just throw in a note that I learned just yesterday, and that is the Enabling Act for Oklahoma, the federal Enabling Act that made us a state, gave us the opportunity to be a state, included a prohibition on alcohol within the state for at least 20 years. So in 1906, when it was signed by the president, it was, it, it, we had a dictate from the feds that we had to be dry state. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I did not know it until I found okay. it yesterday. Right. So, uh, on the day, on the day that we voted for statehood, there were two ballot questions. One was to accept the Constitution, and two, a state question about prohibition. Those were the two now, things. Now, Van, was... I wasn't there, but you you were there <laughs> voting on that. It wasn't <laughs> as cold and snowy as today. So, yes. <laughs> Had to save myself. But my ignorance shows uh, the fact that the feds uh, and the state and governments and licensing are all up in our business for things we can grow like oregano. There's really no difference between uh, aspirin, oregano, and any other damn thing you can concoct, uh, except for what the public opinion is that's been generated against it. So, Chip Paul, how did you get involved in, I, I, I understand, but how did you know to write uh, this legislation and get it submitted for those other people who are wanting to protect our liberty and just citizen uh, citizens. Boy, that's a good question, because I would say, um, you know, a lot of this is inspired. I, I you know, again, I, I was an instrument, you know, I would say to some degree, because if you look at this, you know, we have a very unique law and I wanted to really I wanted to unleash two things. I wanted to unleash the kind of the patient cap. Right. So when you take off medical conditions, you unleash that patient cap, but I wanted to have physicians responsible, you know, for that relationship. But then on the business side, I wanted to have a free market, really see kind of what a free market economy was all about. And it really annoyed me that, you know, someone like me who, you know, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of wealth. I, you know, if I was in Illinois or Florida, you know, I might've been the author of the law there, but I couldn't get in the business. So it's like, right. oh, we're not gonna have that happen here. And uh, that's what's so annoying about things like 2272 or whatever that license restriction thing is that's out there now, right? So, yeah, yeah, that's looking at uh, two provisions one, putting a cap. Another thing is uh, if your business uh, gross receipts drops below a certain amount, the state can just shut you down, destroy okay, you're, your business. You're losing me. Put a cap on what? Licenses? The total number yeah. of licenses. We're going to, uh, one of the ideas in the legislature right now is at some point this year, we're going to draw a line, say no more. And then until somebody releases their license or loses it, and then there's going to be this lottery 
and to get a lottery ticket, it's going to cost you twelve thousand five hundred dollars, and that's not for a license. <laughs> this, is, this is this is standard procedure. There's no consumers that are clamoring down there to make sure we get laws yeah. passed to save ourselves exactly. from those evil sellers. Okay, it is the it is the industry against itself. Okay, yeah. it is it is that the marijuana producers and sellers distributors are fighting amongst themselves and the stronger ones are wanting to kick the doors closed yeah. for the for the weaker ones in my opinion right right and we, we believe in cottage industries there's not always all of them that are going to be the big you know chains of you know cvs versus walgreens and and that whole fight there's some people that let's say it's a small rural town and there's no place to go for naturopathic medicine, you know, for half hour, hours drive. And somebody decides to put a shop in, but if their gross sales doesn't maintain it a certain amount just in marijuana, one of the bills that's being pushed in the legislature says, no, 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 you lose your license. Your business is gone. State has shut you down for not being profitable enough. Chip Paul, what do you think about uh, the industry? Let's say you've got people in the marijuana industry, those that are strong in it. And there's and, and, and my contention is there's no consumers that are rushing to uh, insist on licensing. It is those people that are already in the marijuana industry that are insisting on licensees and shutting the door, right? They want to shut the door on licensing. Yep. And so how does that affect the industry and the individual trying to find their way to liberty? Well, it's the exact thing that we wanted to avoid, right? So it, we wanted the marijuana industry to be an opportunity for every Oklahoman. Yeah. Um, again, it, I, I, it, on the campaign trail, you know, I use the analogy of donut shops. Like, why in the world would you limit the amount of donut shops yeah. in your town? Why would you say, oh, we're going to have a donut <laughs> shop voucher system Donut now. madness. <laughs> oh, I'm... It's a $10,000 donut shop voucher system, right? Yes, so, um, but we kind of have, you know, and I always kind of envision this free market uh, marijuana economy, which we kind of have, but again, it's kind of out of control because we don't have the back end of what we need and that's enforcement, right? So we don't have any cleanup going on. So if you, you know, want to come in from California and pay your $2,500 and open your tin shed and, you know, sell black market marijuana. Um, you're probably able to do that for a little while here until we have enforcement. So, you know, we need to get it cleaned up, but at the same time that we don't need to limit licenses and it, it, for the very reason that, you, and again, I, you know, I was in some of those meetings when people suggested that stuff. You know, I know where this comes from. You guys know where this comes from. This isn't a you and me, we the people bill. This is a protect my giant investment and make me a jillion dollar bill, right? So uh, well, I'm not afraid to make. Like yeah, I'm not afraid of making a jillion dollars, but I'm I'm against other people keeping other people from i'm against people well, keeping from other people making a jillion dollars too right yep. and, and those in the industry uh will often set up rules that you know benefit them that fit in with their business model 
And let's say, you know, if you're an eyeglass guy, you do that. Well, now all of a sudden this whole, you know, in the 50s and 60s, the idea of department store came in. And the opticians, oh, we can't have department stores selling eyeglasses. And now 70 years later, we still can't buy eyeglasses in a department store. Actually, you, you can. Yeah. You can. Oh, yeah. you contrarian, Oldham. <laughs> <laughs> Walk into a club. Well, they have up. They have up. You got to throw in the go throw in your butt, though. You got to cling to your truth. You got to go through. <laughs> you cling to your truth like a religion. So, Chip Paul, let me ask you this: You say da 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 enforcement, and somebody da 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 California. So, when you're talking about enforcement, you're talking about state enforcement. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, and again, it. So let me kind of clarify some things too. So I want to kind of yeah, because I got a follow up. Yeah, go I'll, ahead. I'll, I'll go a little bit on the defensive with OMMA because again, when I wrote the law, I mean, I kind of knew what I was doing, but I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just a guy like you, right? So I just I didn't know what you, know you were doing. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, know enough. <laughs> to give the OMMA, you know, the proper enforcement teeth that they kind of yeah. needed, you know, with the, in a guns and badges kind of exercise to be able to do what they need to do. So they are somewhat hamstrung. But again, that to me is no excuse that you've got $70 million. Go figure that that's their perfect right? That's their area. You, exactly. You're just showing them okay. which direction to do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, yeah. now let, let's look at a bunch of metrics here real quick. We're talking money. Is the state losing money with medical marijuana? No. We're actually getting close to the, the amount that we take from liquor taxes, is my understanding. So uh, <laughs> public safety uh are people dying in the streets overdosing and you know no public safety is just fine okay uh law enforcement criminal behavior we're not seeing that with this this is one of the cleanest industries there's a bunch of other industries i would say are a lot more criminal than the dispensaries and the growers you know uh, black market issue aside that's that's important thing that we don't know until we actually start you know going after that so I'm looking at all these things and I'm saying, Chip, this is the most amazing thing. This is far beyond my expectations for a clean run, successful, getting people well. Right? Yeah. Again, it, I, you know, like I said, I, I think, you know, this is somewhat, you know, it's an inspired, you know, law and, and, and because it came through me does not mean that it's not, um, you know, it, we're, we're <laughs> very lucky, you know, to kind of have this. Um, and, and, and I really, you know, it was very thoughtful. I mean, we really, you know, Cindy and I um, put a lot of time and energy and still do into uh, marijuana, you know, here in Oklahoma uh, into policy and kind of how to shape and craft that and how to guide the industry. Um, so it was thoughtfully done, but at the same time, it, gosh, it, you know, I, I had us at, you know, New Mexico's economy, a uh, hundred million dollars a year, you know, seven million dollars to the OMMA, you know, three and a half million to run the department, right? So I I missed it by about ten x, you know, in my estimation. So, well, actually, go ahead, Elden. I've got to ask everybody here: How do you have a black market if you are truly in a free society? 
So, yeah, so that's a that's a really good you don't. Right. So, again, but how do you create that free society? It's a bigger problem. I think we again, like I said, you know, marijuana is my, you know, pick and chisel to begin to kind of chip away at that mountain. But we, we don't have freedom with marijuana. I'm not license. allowed to to yeah. to just go use marijuana. Go Correct. purchase it, possess it, or anything else, unless I bend my knee and supplicate myself to all the bureaucrats yeah. and go through all the hoops that, unfortunately, they. they Although you know I was happy until just and, now. And, and <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so I, so I would, I would, I would <laughs> step up a level and argue that in a little different way. So I am not free with my health. Right. I or I haven't been free with my health. I've had to rely on a damn pharmacist. I've had to go to the doctor. I've had to rely on insurance. I've had to rely on this other crap. Well, now I have medical marijuana and that frees me for my health. And again, well, it's not a totally free system, well, but it's a I, yeah, I've been right, using right? I've used natural health techniques for 35 years. So I've been free. I can't I can't though lawfully <laughs> things because because other people have decided they they have the right to dictate you know rules over me hey we're gonna take a hard break chip paul can you stick around through the hard break thank you very much uh van is gonna roll us a little video here we're gonna take about 45 second break you're listening to the 3d politics live right here on facebook with tommy mckay David Van, David Oldham, and our special guest tonight, Chip Paul. All right. <laughs> but yes, the new wellness rage is CBD, marijuana's less fun cousin. They say it has all the benefits of weed without the high. But then what's the point? <laughs> I only smoke weed to get high. I'm not doing it to make friends with white guys who love reggae. <laughs> world is doing CBD. But there's one tiny issue. The B in CBD might stand for both. So we don't know if CBD works, but we do know it makes a buttload of money. <laughs> and if you're a CBD user who's getting angry because I said it doesn't work, guess what? You getting angry means it's not working. <laughs> 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 Good old Lewis Black. <laughs> oh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Three D Politics Live. I'm just sure I can come back in at any second. <laughs> Oh, there we are, kids. The American Constitutional Republic, affairs of state of Oklahoma. Beliefs, principles, opinions, and views of people just like you. This is 3D Politics. I'm Tommy McKay with David Van, David Oldham, and tonight's special guest, Chip Paul, author of State Question 788, All the Laws We're Living Under. And I wanted to ask right before the break, Chip Paul, is it? Wouldn't it be accurate to say that the state question 788 is the law that literally gave Oklahoma 
the income that it's seeing. I mean, isn't this the money that we're seeing at the state level based on the state question? The, the words you wrote made Oklahoma government money. Is that correct? Uh, definitely. That's, that's, that's correct. I don't know. Can I borrow $5? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I should have wrote in some kind of a, yeah, and every percent needs to go. No, to but really, this is a, I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is my expertise is being wrong. But I mean, literally you, you're a guy, you're a regular guy, you're a citizen, you wrote a thing. You knew how to get it submitted into law, et cetera. But literally your efforts have created revenue for the state, right? Yeah. You've created revenue for the state. Well, and uh, again, it, you know, I mean, I'm nobody special. Like you said, I'm just a guy like you guys. And it, in, in, in what world does a nobody special write a law, create a movement, and get something done like we've been able to get done here in Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, America, welcome to America. <laughs> it's you know. stupid. Um, I want to yeah. drill down on that. Now, Chip, you're about as much an expert as anybody. I would put uh, Lloyd Noble the third in there because he, back in 1991, <laughs> got term limits in Oklahoma, the <laughs> first state to do it. Yeah. And, and uh, voted for it. He yes, absolutely. And tried <laughs> to get an award. Joke. I talked to him a few years ago about it, and I wanted to get an award. I did. I Dang it. Yes. Dang so, it. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, right. So here's the deal. I grew up in Minnesota. I didn't know what vote initiative petition is. It doesn't exist. It's only available in 24 states out of the 50. Uh, Oklahoma being one of them. California is very well known, as Oldham knows, he growing up there. Fact is, right now, they have not only that, but they have uh, initiative petition and recall of the governor. And they're about to do it for the second time in 20 years. Uh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Hold up. But you'll notice that they're requiring signature matching on yeah. the signatures on that petition. So it matters. Oh, that one out. <laughs> that's actually not, just so you know, that's not new, but it's, they are going in the extra steps this time. Yeah. yeah. For those who aren't aware, I may be a Trump supporter, but not nearly as much as Chip Paul's been a Trump supporter. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. And last summer, I'm down there at the Trump rally in downtown Tulsa. And I finally work, make my uh, way up to the front of the outdoor stage. And guess who the groupies are in the front row? Chip and Cynthia Paul. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, we had, a, we had a great, if they just, we had a great, we're right on the front row of the outdoor stage, but they're just yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. So, inside. so, but what I want to talk about here is the initiative petition process. And this is the one thing that to me is my Alamo. If we're going to, if the state's going to do a constitutional convention for Oklahoma, like we're required every 20 years, we can't let that uh, convention be dominated by lawmakers. Because the first thing they're going to do is write out of existence the citizens' ability to go around the legislature. What do well, you think of that? Oh, and it, we can't lose that, right? So that's one of the things that, you know, again, I'm a, and, you know, I'm kind of goofy sometimes, but I'm very serious about Oklahoma and I'm very serious about Oklahoma politics. I'm a, I'm a sixth generation Oklahoman, you know, it, my, yeah. my family are, you know, one of the founders of the state and I, I care very deeply about the state, our position, 
who we are as people, uh, who we are as Americans, you know, how we represent this nation. So that's very, very, very important to me. Um, but over my dead body, will we lose the right to petition in this state, right? Because again, that's something that's very important here. And it, so let's just take, let's just take this uh, potential, um, you know, breaking of the promise, if you will, of 2272, right? So, and again, that's something that would limit licenses here in Oklahoma. That's something that we, you know, backroom promised with legislatures. Uh, you know, it, you allow us our three rails and let those develop and we won't petition over you. Um, so, again, now that's a broken promise. But, um, you know, potentially if it gets out of committee, maybe it's a broken promise. So hopefully it won't get out of committee, guys. Let's yeah. not let it out of committee. <laughs> but if it does, to me, that's a broken promise. So again, now we can go petition for, you know, whatever we want. We want to write a con. We know all the problems and the holes that we left out in 788, don't we? And who's done the only successful we the people petition here in Oklahoma and don't think that we can't do it again because we absolutely can. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, our mutual friend, uh, Cody Barlow, went with us that day we, we were at the Capitol for the first uh, session that the, we call it the joint uh, interim study. Um, Cody Barlow, you know, he's a veteran that was so pumped full of benzos and all kinds of drugs from the VA. He was a zombie. Yep. Family sends him to, Cal to Colorado. And what do you know? We get a veteran off of the tranquilizers. We've been getting people off of all the pain medicines. What did the legislature do that? No, the people uh, did. Uh, 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 I'll tell you a quick uh, kind of funny story. And I'm I'm really lucky. I've got a great network of people, you know, nationally. And, you know, in 2016, I was voted as, you know, cannabis business executives, top 100 in marijuana in the country or whatever. So, it, you know, I've been around for a while and I've got a good network, kind of a OG marijuana guy, if you will, but, uh, you know, in the kind of backroom politics, so to speak. But we were when we uh, 2018, you know, when we were running this whole thing, you'll recall uh, we had some people write some big checks, big no checks. Right. So yeah. we didn't have anybody write any big yes checks, really. We had some big no checks. Right? And, and the Chickasaws were one of the and I'm again, sixth generation Chickasaw Indian. Right. So it really kind of it hurt me. It kind of made yeah. me mad. It was like, damn it. You know, it was, what the hell are my peeps doing? I mean, this is our deal, our vibe, right? We should be embracing this, not writing checks against it. Um, but I had a call um, with the Chickasaw executive leader, and I won't tell you who, but, you know, some of the Chickasaw executive leadership uh, last fall. And they said, gosh, it, you know, they didn't say that we're sorry that we wrote that no check, but they said that uh, we have really seen, you know, the opiate uh, crisis that happened and the fact that we had medical marijuana as kind of an, uh, a stay against that and all of the uh, progress that they've seen in kind of the Chickasaw health system with medical marijuana, they would revisit that decision. And, and that meant a lot to me. Uh, that Good. was a big deal. Yep. And then the other kind of interesting conversation I've had lately um, is with commerce and it just so you guys know think about this right so so i'll, I'll give you the next chip's gonna go tilt uh, windmills on his uh, white horse again you know play don quixote or whatever so uh, i think our state is very uniquely set up um so again we if you look at what austin did 20 25 years ago 
with uh, kind of tech, right? So they said, we're going to be the next tech capital. And so they went out and kind of did that. Well, I think we can do that with pharma, with what pharma is going to become, because pharma is going to become more this natural products, you know, health-based, uh, plant-based medicine, so to speak. And so we're in a unique position as a state to go capture that, you know, with our medical marijuana program, but also with hemp and kind of with what comes next. And that's plant-based molecules and hallucinogens, and a whole bunch of stuff that's coming down the pike. So we've been having all these discussions with uh, commerce, with the Lieutenant Governor's office about, you know, how do we develop that? Right. And it, by the way, if you want to get involved in that, love to have you come on, you know, Chip at newfarmer.com or okay for you approved. Yeah, yeah. Say that again. How do they find you, uh, Chip Paul? So, Chip at newpharma, G N U P H A R M A dot com. So, that's our company, New Pharma, but new is just spelled G N U instead of N E W. And then we have a trade organization for the marijuana industry called OK, and then the number four, and then you approve. So OK for you approve. But either way, um, in either way, would love to kind of have your involvement. But I was talking to Commerce about all these ideas and like, you know, come on, let's go. Well, I was talking to Lieutenant Governor's office first. They said, uh, we're sales and marketing. Talk to Commerce because they actually get shit done. Um, not that Lieutenant Governor's office doesn't, but they do. Um, so, yeah. And commerce is great, right? So Sean Copeland, great guy. Um, you know, Sean is the head of Bank Regent, uh, which is one of the marijuana banks here in Oklahoma. So our, you know, Secretary of Commerce knows quite a bit about the marijuana industry. Um, but I had a call with him, which was great. And I kind of I asked him, I said, well, Sean, or, you know, Secretary Copeland, um, when you were talking to uh, Elon Musk, did marijuana come up? And he said, well, yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, was it a positive? He said, yeah. I go, was it a positive in most conversation? He goes, yeah. He goes, it really is. He goes, the only time it's negative is sort of workforce stuff, you know, where people are worried about, you know, someone driving a tractor into their workforce or wherever, whether stoned or something. But he said, you know, generally it's a very positive uh, conversation. So I thought that was interesting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask uh, if you wanted to give shout outs, maybe a handful of who you think the best players in state government are in working positively for for the patients here. Who, who would you sh give the shout outs to? Oh, wow. I know I'm going to leave somebody out. Yeah, I know you if are. If I leave somebody out, I'm very sorry. But uh, there's no That's question funny. that, again, we wouldn't be where we are without John Eccles. So Representative Absolutely. John Eccles yeah. is, you know, if you want to, you know, I wrote the law, but again, it wouldn't be the law without John Eccles. Um, yeah. and, and, and Representative Scott Fetgetter is certainly, you know, on that team. Um, those two guys have been great, but you know the speaker is standing right behind them, although yes. he does so very quietly. Um, and I would say that, you know, what was the second piece of legislation our governor signed? Yes. Well, it was it was the unity bill, right? So I yeah. think we do have a friend in our governor. I know we certainly have a friend with uh, Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell. Um, I listened to Matt Pinnell speak and, and basically lecture some lawmakers about uh, supporting our marijuana industry, how important it is to the future of Oklahoma. Um, so I know that his office is very much behind it. Um, yeah. I know uh, Copeland's office, you know, Secretary Copeland's office is very much behind it. Um, you know, on the Senate side, that's just where I'm so disappointed. It, 
we just don't have a leader, you know, that stepped forward there. And I really wish we would have a, you know, a champion there, a, a somebody who we could, you know, kind of here, here's my American flag hat. Uh, I want to really, you know, toss it to somebody there over there in the Senate, but we just, we don't have that guy or girl. Wish we did. Sure. You guys are currently listening to Chip Paul, the author of Estate Question 788. We are all living under those current marijuana laws, and you are also listening to, once again, here we are again, Facebook Live with Tommy McKay and 3D Politics Live, David Van, David Oldham, tonight's special guest, Chip Paul. Chip, uh, as we uh, head into my next uh, audio uh, signal, I have a question about the the federal law versus the state law. So there's a there's a whole world that we're operating in. Thank you, Scotty. There's a whole <laughs> world we're operating in about state law, but the the people who are moving and selling. Uh, product, marijuana product in the state right now are operating under the guise that they will be protected by state law when the feds. So it's like there is a pretense here that we are operating under law that is solid. And that is uh, basically 100% bullcrap because the feds at any one given time for a person who's operating totally 100% legally under state Oklahoma law can be nailed under federal law. Tell I, me. I respectfully disagree, Tommy. Please. That's why I asked. Yeah. So again, uh, if I could do anything in the world right now, um, I'd go uh, revisit some election results in some states. Um, but I can't. And I can't even if I'm the federal government, can I? Um, I might be. You're, you're, to... Hold on. You're losing me. You're smart. <laughs> I'm here to learn. I'm not here to teach. So, so, so I mean... my, my right as an Oklahoman doesn't circumvent, uh, let's say, your right as a Georgian. Right. So you have the right to conduct your business in the way that you did as a state. Um, you conducted your elections in, in a way that I don't find acceptable at all. In yeah. fact, you know, I, okay. you know, you know, I would have joined the uh, Texas uh, Supreme Court lawsuit. Right. Okay, I'm following okay. so far. Okay. So, so again, we have we have in our country and, and this is isn't this the topic of the day, really the thing that you brought up. And I'm just bringing this up, the election, you know, kind of a potential fraud. Or I, I'm following the as analogy a, <laughs> yeah, as, as, as just an example of states rights, because I think we've all recognized recently how important Absolutely. states rights are. So again, good luck trying to take my guns here in Oklahoma and good luck trying to take my marijuana. There are people who are moving product, okay? And they take uh, so many pounds to drop it off. And they, they, in their minds, they are operating under, you know, what they, some people, some of those deliverers are operating under the pretense that they are protected by state law. And yeah. they think, well, I'll, you know, but really it's just like the old days of a drug deal. You don't yep. drop off your weed without the money, you know, because you're not protected by any law. And if you press state law, guess what? The feds will come in and say it's not even legal. The feds don't even consider it legal. How can the state exercise their right to protect a citizen that you're writing law for when the feds won't even uh, cover it? 
Yeah, no, and that's a that's a really good, you know, that's a fundamental question, isn't it? I mean, of, of really law and constitution, right? So, so, it, but you know, again, it we're protected. It's like Oklahoma as to marijuana, and as to a whole lot of things, Oklahoma kind of has this hard boundary, and we have rights as a state that cannot really be violated by federal law. And again, this is what our forefathers, you know, had all kinds of arguments about, you know, federalists versus, you know, uh, states' rights guys, right? So again, you have strict constitutionalists and you have you know, <laughs> state on, rights guys. Let's, yeah, so let, let's let Oldham get in because I know he's got something to say here. I had a visceral reaction. You really want. <laughs> let, him, let him talk a little bit. Well, the problem is it wasn't about states' rights. States don't have rights. They only, they only have powers from our communal rights. They represent our communal rights, our individual rights. And states cannot violate those rights just like the feds are not to violate those rights. So the argument is not between states' rights versus the strong federal government. It was about individual sovereignty, individual rights versus all governments, both federal and state. And then the states being closer to the people were supposed to be able we are supposed to be able to more readily access them and change them and make sure that they are protecting our rights. So but it's not our rights, not states. states I love rights. that. As a guy who has uh, traditionally loved states' rights, I like your angle that states don't have rights. They're not an individual. They, you know, individuals have rights. Well, you don't yeah, have rights. Be before, before we were a federal republic, uh, we were a commonwealth of 13 states, right? And those 13 right. states gave birth to a federal entity. The Correct. states are the parents of the federal entity. And sadly, over 250 years now, we're seeing our the states as the children of the federal government. That's right. a fundamental change of mentality has to take place. Yes, well, but, you know, but, but it is a weird situation because although the states brought it, I mean, it came mm -hmm. from we the people, and we the people are the state. So, so there is no sovereign head of state, as much as at times the governor may want us to believe so. But there is no sovereign head of state. We are the sovereigns over the state. Now, what we have to do is we have to make sure that the state actually acts within its lawful bounds, and that is that they don't get to dictate to us. All right. Um, so this is this is beautiful. Chip Paul has written legislation that's been passed and uh, authorized under state government that has supported the state's rights to allow their citizens freedom in this one tiny little area, despite the federal government. All right, Aldo. <laughs> I tried to go get hit. Me. Well, well, and and and, I'll, and I have to credit credit. Um, uh, Oh, me? No, 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 before you. Uh, no, Pat Campbell here for for uh, something he said. He didn't know that he was doing it, but it was an epiphany that I had. And this is that he said he didn't want government to legalize marijuana because he didn't want the government promoting marijuana. And what what I realized in that whole thing is government doesn't have the right to prohibit it in the first place nor create a scheme to license it 
and therefore they're okay because you know they're not promoting it or discouraging it they're not allowed to do anything except make sure that we all behave ourselves in the transaction all right we have i star fine guest out of the conversation for the last 10 minutes or so let's let chip paul author of state question 788 tell us what what, what do you think about the last couple of minutes of our conversation oh i i you know i'm kind of digging what david's saying i mean i kind of agree with him you know it's it's, it's, he's he's right you know again how do you take my rights and project those up you know through state government and national government well that's what our constitution does but it you know it really protects the rights of we the people and it oh my gosh you know 788 should be the one of the greatest examples of a we the people movement ever i mean it you know we were opposed by everyone it you know it again we had to lead it but it was not like we had a lot of money or anything it just you know it it had to be kind of managed and organized but that's about all we did it had kind of a life of its own it's it's yeah. one of the you know greatest i think we the people movements ever in history ever yeah, yeah. nice yeah it's an incredible thing any uh other left unsaid things uh chip you want to say uh, as we close out Oh, but thank you guys for what you're doing. A- again, I think, um, you know, we live in really interesting times. So I think talking about, you know, liberty and freedom, certainly right now is uh, something that we all need to be holding on to. And, um, you know, frankly, um, you know, guarding uh, with everything in us. So uh, it's, you know, our liberties and freedoms are frankly um, threatened right now. So thank you guys for what you're doing. Yeah, and thank you. You know, one of the things that as I connect the dots between things most people don't, you know, there's a gal named Rosa Parks. She sits on a bus and it turns into a big deal. You know, it's a big deal. And here's a guy named Chip Paul. He writes a thing, just him and his wife, you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And so it's amazing how these things where it's a simple illustration of an exercising of a simple right that becomes an issue between states' rights versus federal rights, which becomes an exercise of uh, freedom for each individual. So, Chip Paul, I appreciate you being on the show and all the things you're doing uh, to promote individual freedom. I appreciate your efforts. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate what you do, too. And um, we all need to keep it up. Really important right now. So, Well, we hope to have you back on the show uh, uh, in the next year and find out what uh, we're doing to follow up. Uh, so let's uh, tell them once again to find out what you're doing, Chip Paul, and where to find you and how to uh, support what you're doing. So uh, we have a company called New Pharma, G-N-U-P-H-A-R-M-A. So newpharma.com or New Pharma on Facebook. Uh, we have a brand through that research and development called True Medics. So T-R-U-E-M-E-D-X. Uh, we have uh, some uh, good formulations there. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, we also, uh, my wife and I uh, help with a marijuana trade organization called OK, the number four, and then the letter U approved. Um, we do weekly Facebook shows there. So we try to feature, you know, a member like a, a medical marijuana community member or uh, ancillary service, things like that. So, again, we try to do a lot for the industry still. So Excellent. Chip Paul, we're going to uh, f- uh, we're going to beam you out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> ah, well, there he goes, Chip Paul. Wow. 
How about that for uh, an amazing uh, interview? What do you think, guys? Oh, that was good. Not was good. bad. So uh, that was fantastic because uh, it really wasn't until now that I realized how it is that just simple individual contributors that live in the town you live in, much like Oldham, I thought the Electoral College was like, you know, the Keebler elves or whatever, you know. It's a thing in a cartoon where they pretend and then they decide who the president is and poof. But then I was like, holy crap, you can meet one? Look, there's a Keebler elf and his name is David Oldham. <laughs> He's got a bigger build well, than an elf. My God. Our, our mutual friend, Rhonda <laughs> Smith, what, it was the elector this year. So, oh, there you go. So, so the only one in the photo without a mask. I'm just <laughs> thank God. Yeah. She helped me paint my background. And but I'm just saying, so here it is, Chip Paul. Here's a guy who all he's doing is his little effort in his little world. And literally, like Rosa Parks, I, I, I'm not kidding about that. This uh, it reflects on state uh, politics in its relationship with federal politics that changes the world for all of us, I think. Yeah, well, and you know, you know, it's because we have the ability to write these kinds of things and do this kind of work. And it's one of the things that, that. that my eyes were open when I moved to Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma is so much smaller than, than California. Right. I, and I was all of a sudden, I was, you know, uh, a somebody, you know. There you go. <laughs> um, and, and, Stuart Smalley. Uh, <laughs> I am somebody. And, and, and I'm wearing the right sweater <laughs> for it, too. But hey, then, um, nice. The, uh, uh, and and people like me, um, yeah. but the the thing is that that <laughs> I know it is, isn't it? But here's the thing: this is why we all need to learn the Constitution because yeah. we have the right to we have the right to petition our government and to petition our fellow citizens for for you know something. Here he had something he wanted to get done, and and he got it done. We all you know need what? to write it correctly so that it does do what we want it to do. It doesn't come back to bite us because if we leave the door open for them, they will jump through it. That's what we're seeing with 2272. Uh, absolutely. Vigilance, vigilance is always a necessity. If you want liberty, you have to stay vigilant because there's always going to be people trying to gain more power for them by taking away your rights. That's so just the way it is. Liberty is a concept that desires a consistency of reality. Yeah. Progressivism is a desire to manipulate the consistency into turmoil. Yeah. So so as we look to to concede for a, a final conclusion to allow things to relax, the progressive always is caustic and oh, yeah. always continues to manipulate and always reminds of the failures. And the progressive is always asking for a turmoil, never yeah. looking for a conservancy of consistency. If you, you, you want to shut up a progressive, a leftist, ask him what will make him content because he has no answer for you. Mm -hmm. Because he will never be content. He will not answer that. Because that would hem him in. 
and you could use his words against him. Now, I want to say something, uh, Oldham. You know, you talk about the U.S. Constitution, and you're right. It is, is it not, the oldest continuously governing document uh, in in effect today? I believe our Constitution yeah. has been in force longer than any other nation uh, currently organized on Earth. Correct. Uh, but when it comes to state constitutions, I take almost the opposite view. It isn't that we don't, well, yes, we don't know our own state constitutions well enough. But on the other hand, we need to study other state constitutions. I say this, why? Because growing up in Minnesota, I never even knew that the people anywhere had the right to circulate a petition and go around their own legislature and governor. Gentlemen, I'm going to take us out on this final note. I want to thank again Chip Paul for being here, author of State Question 788. Gentlemen, anything before we get out of here? I, I got to plug one thing. I know I all the answers. Oh, we're not done. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! Just you guys are warm. I got to plug um, constitutional grounds. Go okay. to constitutional grounds. Find links to every state constitution. They're Thank there. You. I put them up for that very reason. Exactly, exactly. what David said. So, exactly. Go there. Um, yeah, the the lead headline, SoonerPolitics.org. Huge article on the downside of the pandemic, how Oklahoma turned out. We have the third lowest fatality rate in the nation, the most open state in the nation. And this is other people saying it, not me. And we have flattened the curve better than just about any other state. I've got charts and graphs from all kinds of respected national um, <clears throat> data collectors. So uh, look it up, Sooner Politics. So you can find that information about how we have kicked the ever-loving crap out of the COVID here in Oklahoma, right there at SoonerPolitics.org. And, of yes. course, David Oldham at ConstitutionalGrounds.com is tuning everybody in to those pertinent parts of the constitution for their state ladies and gentlemen once again a fine show and we want to thank uh, chip paul for showing up this evening and of course as always my cohorts david van creator and editor of soonerpolitics.org expert on oklahoma state government professional advocate for those needing mental health care state committeeman for the Tulsa County GOP and also currently running as a candidate for the vice chair of state Republican Party. And of course, always David Oldham, our fine constitutional contender, founder and scholar of constitutionalgrounds.com, political leader, educational speaker, and former state of Oklahoma elector of United States Electoral College. We want to appreciate both you guys for being here every Monday night, two years running and uh, Chip Paul, of course, but I am your fine verbal Viking, Tommy McKay. We will see you guys next week on Monday. I appreciate it once again. Thank you, guys. Good night. Thank you.